You're listening to the Absolute Formby podcast. In this podcast, we explore all aspects of Formby. Formby's heritage, wildlife, folklore, facts, natural and social history. Talking to the experts, listening to poems, local music and stories. This is the Absolute Formby podcast. Welcome to our Red Squirrel Expert, a PhD researcher at Nottingham Trent University, studying red squirrels around Formby for five years. Kat Fingland, in this episode, tells us why Formby is a red squirrel zone only. We explore how Formby residents can continue to live and support the red squirrel, what to plant in the garden, what to put on your feeder? Are you cleaning it often? All these aspects we explore with Cat. Enjoy. I'm walking into Formby Woods. I'm looking down. What am I looking for? The best way to spot a squirrel in the woods really is to, yes, yeah, so look at your feet, look for these, the feeding signs they're called. Um, in obviously in, in the pine woodlands, so in Formby uh, in particular, you'll get the the core of the pine cone that's been stripped. Um, so it won't look like a regular pine cone or obviously all kind of fat and round. It will just be the kind of the thin core bit in the middle. And then you'll see lots of scales, um, which are the actual kind of pine cone scales that the squirrels have, um, have bitten off to take the little seed out from underneath and then dropped. Um, so as well as looking for feeding signs, because in Formby, to be honest, obviously they're everywhere because you've got red squirrels everywhere in the woods. Um, one of the best ways to, to spot a squirrel is actually to listen. Um, so quite often you'll hear the sound of the pine scales dropping through the trees. Um, so there's kind of like pitter patter almost of falling scales. Um, and quite often from that, you can then try and then look around the treetops to actually spot the squirrel. I walk into the woods. I'm looking for red squirrels. I look up into the canopy. What am I looking for? When you're looking for red squirrel drays, um, essentially they're quite difficult to spot from underneath. Um, so from below, they look very similar to birds' nests, essentially. Um, but actually, if you saw a squirrel nest or a squirrel dray from the side, um, it would look more like a ball, whereas a bird's nest would look a little bit more like a dish, um, which is why they're very difficult to tell from underneath, because they're essentially the same uh, kind of dish curved shape from the underneath but actually when you saw it from the side it would be much more like a ball with a little hole in it um so kind of quite similar to a dormouse nest but obviously a little bit bigger um and they're constructed out of uh, twigs and uh, moss and feathers and things like that um so they the main kind of construction of it tends to be with sticks and twigs and things like that and then they line the inside with moss and with feathers um to make it nice and soft to sleep in and is the dray about the size of a football or because I don't know what a dormouse, dormouse nest, how big that is. 
Um, so yeah, so when we're comparing the different sizes, obviously a dormouse nest is much, much smaller. Um, dormice are obviously tiny. When we're thinking of a red squirrel dray, I've not actually seen one up close myself because obviously normally you see them up in up in the trees. Um, so they're at the t- way at the top of uh, Scott's pine trees, typically. Um, so you don't seem to get, you know, perspective is kind of, uh, you know, a bit wonky. But I would su- suggest they're probably about the size of a football. Um, would be a, a kind of a fair comparison. How do the squirrel drays? stay in the canopy do they get blown out or do they does that sometimes happen where they get blown out but they have plenty of places to go and sleep otherwise they can go to the other drays yeah strong winds can can be an issue for red squirrels um i mean we've obviously had the conversation around um the fact that they can't tend to hit predators as well um so they don't tend to they can kind of cope in you know rain um and you know quite hot conditions and cold conditions and things like that but it tends to be typically wind that they don't like very much um and obviously it does it can become an issue with the drays as well i mean obviously red squirrels have evolved to build their drays in such a way that you know they should stay up in the trees in quite strong winds so they tend to build their drays kind of um pressed up against the trunk of the tree so they tend to build their nest this is another way you can tell the difference between a a squirrel dray and a bird's nest is bird's nests are maybe a little bit more out on a tree limb uh, on a branch whereas the red squirrel dray will tend to be kind of butted up right against the uh, the tree's trunk Um, and that's one way obviously that they make it quite secure because they kind of tuck it in the the nook where the branch meets the trunk of the tree so it should be fairly well kind of um held in that bit of the tree but obviously unfortunately if there are particularly strong winds if there's a particularly kind of howling gale or something like that then the odd dray will come down um but luckily for squirrels um they do tend to build multiple drays in their territories um, and they can essentially move about between the different drays if need be um it may be just part of the dray would blow down um so rather than the whole thing coming down a bit would blow off the top and then they can repair it um but if on the odd occasion one does blow down then the likelihood is they would just move somewhere else um and then reconstruct another dray at another point in time a a really lovely way of finding drays actually is to keep a a keep a lookout for this dray building behavior so you'll see a red squirrel going and essentially chewing off little sticks and twigs of trees and putting them in its mouth and then running back to a very particular point in another tree and then it will come out again and it might gather up some moss and put it into its mouth and then it will run back to the same point in the tree and if you follow it um you can normally find their drain you can see them coming in and out of their drain and taking the sticks and the twigs and the moss back in order to build it so yeah it's quite a common behavior it is quite difficult to spot um because they're not doing it all the time but i have seen it on quite a few occasions when i've been in in forby woods my name's Kat Fingland and I'm a PhD researcher from Nottingham Trent University. So essentially I'm doing my research project on the red squirrels of Formby, so specifically looking at uh, their urban ecology, so how they've adapted to live alongside people. Because this is obviously something that's really interesting about Formby is that the red squirrel population is found throughout the town. Um, and that's how it should be across the UK. It's just obviously the grey squirrels have um, have taken over instead. Um, so that was the thing that really interested me with the idea of hopefully using that information to help uh, conservation of the red squirrel. Um, I think in Scotland it's near threatened because obviously about 75% of the population is found up there. But in Wales and Ireland and England, um, definitely the populations are classified as endangered.
The Formby Red Squirrels arrived in 1942 with Mr. Gledhill mm-hmm. on Argamel's Road, either looked after somebody's squirrels for the, the red squirrel, or they um, he, he'd sort of got them to keep them as mm-hmm. pets. And he had an aviary made in the garden, and the squirrels lasted about a week the sort of six or eight squirrels were the start of the squirrel population in Formby. Yeah, it's totally possible that that could be the case. It'd be interesting to know where those squirrels came from, because I know from a bit of genetic analysis that there are some kind of uh, Swedish stock in Formby as well, but that might have been kind of subsequent introductions. It may be that those ones were originally brought over or something as well. It would be interesting to know, actually, but yeah, it's totally possible. I mean, you only need you know, a male and a female, and then the population can go from there, really. And and what numbers are we looking at in Formby at the moment, sort of in 2020? What numbers do we have? Ah, that's interesting. That's one of the questions I'm trying to answer with my PhD, because actually nobody knows. Um, There's been estimates in the past that there's about maybe 200 in the woods, uh, just in the National Trust woods, and then maybe kind of similar numbers throughout the town. Um, In terms of currently at the moment, numbers are probably a bit lower Um, than they normally would be because obviously there was the pox outbreak last year um, and the Lancashire Wildlife Trust I don't know if it's been officially calculated yet but I think that there's estimates that about 50% of the population um, might have died during that Um, so it is obviously a little bit lower than it otherwise might normally be but yeah just within Formby itself you've definitely got hundreds of squirrels and then obviously across the wider strongholds you know probably into thousands so for grey squirrels, where did they come from? Did they come on ships or how come we've got... They're obviously loving living here, aren't yes. they? Um, grey squirrels were introduced... Uh, well, the first documented introduction of one was uh, to Cheshire in 1876. Um, and they were actually originally brought over as an ornamental species from America. Um, so the person who brought it over, literally, it was just because at the time they were obviously novel and exotic um, and they brought them over to put them in their gardens. And then obviously the neighbours saw and thought, oh, I'd like to have one of those as well. Um, and that was then when they started to be brought over. But grey squirrels are they're an amazing species. They're very well adapted, um, which is why they're such a successful invasive species. They're very good at doing what they do, um, particularly because in America, they don't just have one species of squirrel like we do. Um, they have, I think they have about six across the whole of America. Um, so the the eastern grey squirrel, which is the one that we've got now over here as an introduced species, it's it's had to evolve to compete with those other squirrel species, um, whereas our squirrel has never had to compete with another squirrel species. Um, so that's why the grey squirrel has now obviously been introduced over here and it's out competing our, our native red squirrel. Um, but also, as we all know, and obviously Formby knows better than anyone else, um, that the greys also carry this pox virus, um, which is devastating to the red squirrel population as well. And that's where the pox comes from. That's the theory, yes, that the, the pox came over with the grey squirrels. It's not been, as far as I'm aware, it's not been 100% confirmed, as in maybe there was something here that had it and it gave it to the greys and now it's going to the reds. But, I mean, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that it, it was brought over with the grey squirrels when they were brought over from America initially. But unfortunately, when it's passed on to a red squirrel, they develop these uh, kind of oozing, bleeding sores um, and they get them on their on their mouths, on their ears and their paws, their nose. 
um, and it just means that they can't eat or drink anything. Um, so it's really fatal to red squirrels. And the problem as well is that if a if a grey squirrel introduces it just to a single red squirrel, the red squirrel will be symptomatic maybe for up to two weeks before it dies. So during that whole time period, it's then continuing to move around its territory and spread it amongst other red squirrels. So this is this is um, why whenever there's a pox outbreak in Formby, the, the Lancashire Wildlife Trust kind of red squirrel project encourages everybody to take their feeders down because obviously they act as these kind of central points of contact between squirrels um, and can help kind of spread the, the virus. Um, so whenever there's an outbreak, unfortunately, it tends to be, you know, everybody take their feeders down trying to remove any sick individuals from the population and just try and contain the spread. There's nothing you can do with a squirrel with squirrel pox. Unfortunately, not really. There's there's the odd one. I don't know if you remember, there was a, a PhD student called Tim Dale who came over back in 2008 to do his PhD research on the pox outbreak that was going on at the time. Um, and he found out that about 8% of the red squirrels um, what's the word they, he found that they were seropositive which means that they they had the pox virus and they got over it which means they recovered so they're showing some kind of level of resistance um so there's a few individuals that will get it and will then recover and they essentially become kind of immune to it um but unfortunately it is only eight percent of the population well that was what he calculated at the time it might be higher if more and more of them start developing this resistance but it's obviously quite a kind of a slow process um, so unfortunately, the vast majority of them will die within a couple of weeks. It's a it's a really, really horrible disease for the red squirrels. How many how close are the grey squirrels to form be now? I think you you do obviously get the odd the odd grey squirrel that does come through Formby, um, and the residents are generally fantastic at picking them up and reporting them. To be honest with you, um, they're quite difficult quite difficult things to catch grey squirrels. Um, it tends to be someone will report one. And then someone further down the road will report it again. And um, it's because the grey squirrels obviously running through. So they don't tend to hang around. They tend to, they tend to kind of run through Formby as a bit of a, a, a thoroughfare. Um, so Formby is obviously the kind of the core of the red squirrel strongholds. Um, but all the way around the outside, um, unfortunately, there are grey squirrels as well as red squirrels. But I know there's a lot of people working really hard to kind of try and keep that that buffer zone of uh, free of grey squirrels to try and protect that kind of inner core of the red squirrel stronghold. So is it the Formby bypass then that is the perimeter? The I think it's a bit further out than that. Um, there is a map on the Lancashire Wildlife Trust website that kind of shows the, the stronghold kind of where the core red squirrel area is and then the kind of the area around the outside that has a little bit of both red and grey and then outside of that it tends to be kind of majority grey. Um, but yeah, Formby and kind of Ainsdale and a little bit kind of further out than that tends to be is the kind of the core area of the red squirrel stronghold. Basically, if you spot a if you spot a grey squirrel, you can report it to the Lancashire Wildlife Trust. Um, I know they've got details on their website of how to do that. Um, they do what's known as a trap loan scheme. So if you have a grey squirrel that's visiting your garden kind of regularly, because as I said before, kind of unfortunately they tend to be running through gardens on their way to somewhere else so you'll kind of get a series of sightings but they won't ever be in a garden long enough um to be able to trap them but if you've got one that's visiting your garden regularly you can get involved in this trap loan scheme um so they'll set the trap up in your garden you 
basically keep an eye on it. And as and when you get the grey squirrel, you can you can ring up somebody and they'll come and take it away and basically dispatch it for you. So you don't have to worry about doing any of that. Um, but I know there's a lot of work kind of across the broader strongholds in terms of shooting and things like that in the woodlands as well. Um, and I mean, it is it is an unfortunate, you know, necessity. Um, but that, you know, unfortunately, that that's the 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 trade off that we we have for having the red squirrels, unfortunately, because otherwise we wouldn't have any red squirrels in the UK at all. When it comes to predators, are the predators the people or are the predators the foxes or what is their predator? In Formby, I think the main predators from my research so far and obviously from what the Lancashire Wildlife Trust have been monitoring obviously over all the years they've been doing their red squirrel project is that uh, road traffic accidents seem to be a pretty major cause of death in urban red squirrel populations. Unfortunately, it tends to be either road traffic accidents, although there is the odd squirrel that is killed, unfortunately, by uh, by pets. Um, so do they do the red squirrels? No, red hibernate? squirrels don't hibernate. That's quite a common myth, actually, that people think that they do. They have reduced activity in the winter. Um, combination of obviously shorter daylight hours um also it's cold so they don't want to be out of the dray for quite as long whereas in the winter they just tend to have this one peak in the morning where they come out at first light um and then that's it then they tend to then they tend to go back to the dray and spend the rest of the day there how old's the oldest squirrel do we know difficult question that so in in the wild um red squirrels probably live to about three or four years maximum um, but obviously in the wild, life is a lot tougher. Um, they obviously have to survive through the winters and food shortages and all the kind of risks that come from living in the wild. How can I help the red squirrel as somebody who lives in Form B? How can I help the red squirrel? I think the main ways that um, anybody who's interested can help with red squirrels are to get involved in any kind of there's obviously volunteer groups um, that tend to be established wherever there's a red squirrel population. There tends to be some sort of uh, volunteer group or conservation project, which obviously Formby does um, with the Lancashire Wildlife Trust and obviously the red squirrel officer um, who's been working for, for the Lancashire Wildlife Trust for a long period of time. Um, but reporting sightings of red squirrels, also definitely reporting sightings of grey squirrels so that action can be taken. Um a lot of people obviously supplementary feed in Formby, which is great. And that's obviously something that the, the squirrels are um, making use of. But I think it's making sure that when we provide food, providing a mix of food um, and also providing food items that they might particularly come across in the wild as well. So we when we think of feeding squirrels, we quite often think of feeding peanuts. Um, but I think it's making sure that you also feed them things like sunflower seeds and pine nuts and um, walnuts and things like that as well. So they get that kind of mix of um, different nutrition, because um, unfortunately, if you feed them just obviously just one item all the time, they'll, they might then, you know, potentially at risk from mal malnutrition. So feeding them a, a kind of a, a mix of different things, uh, fruits as well. You can put out fruits and vegetables, um, making sure that you clean the feeders regularly is really important. Um, it's recommended that feeders are cleaned at least once a month um, with disinfectant as well. Making sure squirrels have access to water as well. Um, a lot of people in Formby do seem to provide water, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, but I don't think when we think of feeding wildlife, we always think of feeding. So providing food rather than making sure that they have water. Um, but if anything, water is probably actually more important because it, particularly in an urban areas, they might not have access to kind of natural sources of water that readily. Um, whereas obviously they do have access to trees and 
natural food sources probably more so than they do natural water sources um so i think that's really important as well but yeah getting involved in kind of volunteering um i know a lot of red squirrel groups they do things like annual monitoring transects to you know keep an eye on the numbers of the population as well so there's lots of different ways that volunteers can get involved what should i plant in the garden for the red squirrel I think anything that produces uh, fruits and berries um, and seeds, so any kind of seed or nut-bearing species, um, any kind of, yeah, any berry-producing ones as well. Um, I think trying to plant native species is really important. Um, Obviously, with gardens, we obviously, a lot of us tend to plant ornamental species because they look pretty um, or, you know, they flower at certain times of year and things as well. Um, but obviously squirrels haven't evolved to necessarily know to eat things like that. So I suppose even if it is producing a fruit, if the squirrel doesn't know that it's a natural food source, it probably won't eat it anyway. Um, so I think making sure to plant, yeah, native kind of seed and fruit bearing species. So that's us up to date with the red squirrels of Formby. Thanks to Kat for all her information. If you see a grey squirrel in Formby, call the Lancashire Wildlife Trust. They'll come along, set a trap, take the little guy away. Formby's a red squirrel zone only. See you soon. really is a red squirrel zone only. Thanks to Kat Fingland for all of her information. Also thanks to Edith Kelly in her book The Viking Village. It was Edith Kelly's research that let us know that Mr Gledhill in Argamel's Road kept introduced the red squirrel to Formby so we can see and enjoy the red squirrels today in Formby Pinewoods and Formby Village. See you soon! If you see a grey squirrel or have a grey squirrel visiting your garden in Formby, contact the Lancashire Wildlife Trust via their website. Absolute Formby is an independent production. It can be found on Instagram or on podcast on any of the podcast providers.